morning as some of the ladies sent me a video of them standing and sitting on the beach. Yeah, rough life, huh? And uh, just worshiping the Lord. I want to share with you, next week uh, we will be receiving an extra offering for the disaster relief the Foursquare is doing and for Florida. Um, I believe as soon as they opened up uh, the area that many uh, tractor trailers were sent filled with food and materials uh, to help, and they went straight to Fort Myers. Uh, I have an aunt that lives in Fort Myers. I have a cousin that lives in Cape Coral right there, and uh, they're okay, but many people are not. And uh, so we're going to be receiving an offering next week and praying uh, for them as they uh, get back to normalcy, whatever normalcy will be for them after the hurricane. So just remember that. We'll have special envelopes next week. We'll give them to you so that you could uh, give to that. I'm going to dive right into the Word of God. I, <clears throat> I had a meeting with the shepherd elders last night. And um, I will tell Pastor Dan, we did not fast. Uh, we did eat, <clears throat> but uh, we did good. Dan was there, and he knows. But um, we're going to continue in the series of I Am Free. And today's message is entitled Permission Granted. Before we get going, uh, let me just ask you this question. How many of you have experienced some more spiritual warfare since we began this series. Yeah, yeah. How many of you have experienced promotion from God and blessings from God? Amen. And that what we're seeing is a spiritual battle. This morning, uh, I got on the phone at 8 o'clock to call in to our phone number so that the men could pray together as we do every single Sunday morning, <clears throat> and you couldn't get through. And so the men were not able to pray, but during the church family time at 8.30, we were able to get through. So I just, I just know, I laugh. I just said, stupid devil. You know, I know what you're trying to do, but we just prayed. And I just said, in Jesus' name, let the family get together. And we were able to get uh, on the phone. And uh, Israel was with me in the office, and <clears throat> his phone worked. Mine didn't. And uh, so we just used his phone and, and, and prayed. So just understand and recognize that we live in this world and there are spiritual battles. There are things that happen. I believe all of us as a church need to step up a, a greater level in our prayer. And what I'd like you to begin doing is when you come in, we're going to just do this periodically because you're going to see at the beginning of the year as we move into a greater realm of of uh, miracles and the things that God is doing, uh, we're going to be able to call for the elders of the church. But instead of from the platform, we're going to ask you to proclaim from your place where you're sitting for the elders of the church, preparing yourself to come in agreement to see the power of God move. We're going to believe God for salvation all over uh, the world from this ministry online. If you're watching with us today and and wondering what this is all about. We serve Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and today, if you don't know him, you can know him. And that's our, our focus, that's our goal, is to see God uh, just glorified, and many, many, many uh, receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So let's dive in, and we're going to be talking about, and we have touched on this, about open doors. And to the enemy, let's just say in October, <laughs> Halloween's coming up, let's just say boo to him on this. Amen? And, uh, but we need to say boo in the name of Jesus, right? The powerful name of Jesus. It doesn't matter the particular words. Yes, we quote the word of God. We proclaim scripture as we've taught you. But uh, in Jesus' name, it's because of Jesus we have authority over the enemy and all the demonic influence that is in our world today. So here's my question or premise today in this message. Do we ever, as believers, 
grant Satan permission. Remember when we say Satan, he's not omnipresent, but he has uh, demons, an army of demons that are around the world. And uh, do we grant Satan permission to come against us and or take us into bondage in areas of our life? That's the premise of today, opening the door for that. Also, does God ever grant permission to take us into bondage in any area? In Luke twenty-two thirty-one, look at this. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you like wheat. Now think of this also. The, the whole Old Testament is stories of God's people doing great things with God, God's people sinning, God granting Satan permission to take his people into bondage, then God's people crying out to him, and God coming and releasing them from that bondage. But in the whole process of that, in many cases, they learn through it. God doesn't use evil to teach us. God will take evil that we've allowed to manifest in our life, willingly or unwillingly, in deception, not understanding this series that I'm teaching on of that Jesus Christ went to the cross so that we can be free from all bondage. But we need to understand what it is and where it comes from. And that is the premise of the whole series. But let's dive in this thing about granting permission or open doors. Remember, we've talked about Satan as a thief. Satan always wants to come in. Watch this. Scripture says some other way, some other door. Remember the term, he comes through an open door. The main open door we see Satan come through through Scripture even in mature believers, is the area or the door opened by or through pride. I'll say that again. The area or the door opened by or through pride. It's amazing to me how so many people are so proud that they don't have pride. And they talk about it. <clears throat> but we're going to see some of the major uh, scriptures in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. We're going to see the background of things that happened, like Job, like Peter. And we're going to see why this happened to them, why the enemy came in and sifted them, why the enemy came in and the open door that brought him in. And we're going to show you, because we always quote the scriptures that really give us the answer to it, but we're going to show you why it happened by going back a little bit in the passage or the chapter before and seeing really the heart of the man and what took place in their life at that time of their life. And we're going to find out that there was pride in them. Now, some before you dismiss this subject, let me give you some definitions of pride that might kind of tag your memory just in all of our lives. And I'm just saying to you, all of our lives, because Jesus brings out in Scripture, and he's quoted as saying all. So we all face this. No matter how mature we are in the Word of God, we all face this. So let me give you some things regarding pride. Three things. First, pride is trusting in your own strength. Trusting in your own strength. In Luke 22, if you can go ahead and turn to that or click on that, Luke 22, verse 31 and 32 says this. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon... Indeed, Satan has asked, Satan has asked for you 
that he may sift you as wheat. Verse 32. But I, Jesus speaking, have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Sounds like he's going through sifting. And Jesus praying that in the time frame of the sifting that he would not fail. And when you have returned to me, sounds like he fell away. When you have returned to me, obviously the case is he did fall away. When you have turned to me, strengthened your brethren. Strengthen your brethren. Take what you have learned through this process in life and strengthen one another. Now, this is a passage of Scripture in the New Testament saying to a new believer this, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. He hasn't stopped either. And Jesus saying, I'm telling you, I prayed for you. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us right now. So, in fact, Jesus is saying to Peter, you're going to fall. I prayed, and when you return, again, strengthen your brethren. You're going to go through some of these times, and I'm just telling you because sometimes we just trust in our own strength and not in God's. Think about this. The New Testament was written in in Greek, mostly, and sometimes the Greek has three or four words for a word in our English language, which just is one word, like the word asked in verse 31. The Greek definition here, asked, says, to ask for something and to receive what one has asked for. So when the Scripture, it says, that Satan has asked, it is telling us in the Greek language he was given permission to ask for with success or to ask and to receive. So Satan again asked and received permission to sift Peter like wheat. Luke 22, verse 3, follow me. In the New American Standard Bible, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. This is saying Satan, watch this, has a right in your life, not originally because being born again, you've been delivered from sin, but he has a right in your life because you or I have opened a door in our life or in your life, Simon. I believe it's because Simon trusted in his own strength. Well, how do you know that? Well, we're going to go back and we're going to look at the conversation and we're going to show you this. It's pride. Look at the conversation before Jesus' statement earlier in Scripture. Luke doesn't record what was said just before Jesus' statement, but Matthew, Mark, and John does. And so we're going to go over to Mark chapter 14, and we're going to read and see that you will see that there was pride in Peter trusting in his own strength. Then Jesus said to them, verse 20, uh, verse 22, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Then Jesus quotes other scriptures, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Verse 28. But, I'm sorry, verse 27 and verse 28. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Now look at verse 29. Peter said to him, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Peter saying, Everybody else is going to do this, but I ain't going to do it because I'm strong. Verse 30, Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows uh, 
twice, you will deny me three times. Look at Peter's arrogant answer to Jesus in verse 31. But he, Peter, spoke more vehemently, if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And then all the other disciples said likewise. Pride. Thinking, we got this thing. How many times through the years, the years that I've known the Lord, that I found myself doing it in my own strength because I've, I've been through this. I know this stuff. I want you to understand what the Word of God is asking us to do is even though we are mature, we're strong in the Word, we know the Word, we quote the Word, that our trust is in God's strength and not our strength. I think Jesus was saying to Peter, what part of all do you not understand, Peter? All of you will deny me, and Peter says, not me. Then Jesus says, tonight you will do it three times, Peter. And Peter goes, not, them, not me. They will, but I won't. So Peter's still arrogant in his faith. Jesus says, Peter, there is a scripture in the Old Testament that says, you will. That's found in Zechariah 13.7. And Peter says, no, the Bible is wrong. Now, he didn't say that, but his attitude of his own strength, that's what he said. And he was disagreeing with what Scripture is saying. What we are learning from the Bible today when we're talking about being free is there are areas of our life sometimes we become very arrogant religiously. And we're arrogant with thinking that we got it all together, we can do it. Now, I want to tell you, I know many of you, and you do have things together, and you love Jesus with all your heart. But I'm forewarning you that Jesus said to Peter and the disciples that you're going to face this, and you need to understand, don't be prideful in this area in thinking that you got this thing. Yes, you got this thing, but you got it because of Jesus. You got it because of who Jesus is. Whatever God asks you to do, you got it because Jesus has given you the power and authority to do it. And you walk in it, and it's only because of Jesus. Here's a little bit more pride, Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, verse 22, Peter is feeling really, really good about himself. And um, verse 22 says, Matthew 16, 22 says, Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Okay, verse 23. And Jesus then says this to Peter. But he turned and said to Peter, to Peter, everyone said he said it to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. You are only mindful of, of what you've done what you can do. Jesus said to a man whose name was Peter, get behind me, Satan. He addressed Satan in the man. And we know that it is demonic influence. So please remember, just before this story, Jesus changes Peter's name from Simon to Peter because Peter did a good thing. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. What did Jesus say about that? Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but God. Always reminding us in every scripture, there's a tendency for us to trust in our own strength, but we want you to understand it's because of God that you have strength. Do you realize when they came to arrest Jesus that one of the disciples cut off an ear 
of one of the soldiers, servants? That was Peter. Now, I just want you to understand the picture here. Here's Peter, cuts off the ear, and there was up to 100 Roman soldiers standing there. Peter had the thinking, dude, you ain't touching him. There were 100 soldiers there. It would only take a miracle of God to defeat 100 soldiers. But because Peter was in his own strength, Jesus taught him again. Again, you got to stop walking in your own arrogant strength and understand I am the healer. I am God. And I'm the one who will give you strength. Grab the ear and put it back on the man's head. Every one of those stories is going back to that we need to get rid of pride in our life of thinking we got it all together. I just want to tell you, if you all think you got it all together, I don't. So then you're going to have to help me. Amen. Jesus saying, uh, Satan has a right because you have opened a door to him and it's pride. Then Peter denies Jesus to a teenage waitress and he curses and swears, being totally out of character. That's not Peter saying, I don't know the man, denying Christ. Many mature believers walk into this trap. They, be, they begin to trust in their own strength to resist temptation. Is it possible that's why King David fell? 1 Corinthians 10.12 says this, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. I'll read that again. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. See, I'm messing with some of our religious doctrine because we're faith people. We're strong. We walk in faith. We stand strong in things. And when the enemy comes in, like a flood, God raises up a standard. I know the word of God. I confess the word of God. I'm a faith person. Listen, everything I just said is right. We are. But it can turn into pride that it's our strength and not God's. Let's go to the second thing about pride. Pride is trusting in your own righteousness. We're going to go to another story in a little bit. And matter of fact, let's just do it now. Job 1, verse 6. Job 1, verse 6. And that's back where the story is that we don't like to read. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them, sons of God, you know, angels. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth, from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Watch this. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hand, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now this passage is very difficult to understand, but I'm going to really try to help you with this. Let me, let me tell you about this book. For 31 chapters, Job has three friends. I don't really call them friends. And these friends you shouldn't hang around with. They try to comfort him, but they also bring out truth in his life. They say, curse God and die. It's the one thing that Job never did. They ask, Job, are you sure you don't have any open door in your life? Basically what they're asking. And Job says, no. Then he, Job begins to list all the things that he's done and not done. 
Have you read Job? Okay. We're not going to take time and read it all. But in chapter 32, there's a young man named Elihu sitting there listening to all the conversations. Now, the story goes with this young man. He's really young. And so bottom line is this young man that doesn't say much. And he sits there out of his respect for the older people. He stays quiet. And he finally has to say something because he's really getting ticked at Job. He's listening to this great man of God, and he knows he's a great man of God. He knows this guy's done a lot of great things, but now he begins to really understand what's going on in Job's life. And so Job 32, verse 1 and 2 says, So these three men cease answering Job because he was righteous, because Job was righteous in his own eyes. Then the wrath of Elihu, the son of Berachel, the Buzite, of the family of Ram, was aroused against Job. Let me just tell you, he was ticked off. His wrath was aroused because Job justified himself rather than God. Great man of God. Job 33, verse 8 and 9, drop down to this, and let's see the conversation. Surely you have spoken in my hearing, speaking to Job. This is Elihu talking. And I have heard the sound of your words saying, I am pure without transgression. I am innocent and there is no iniquity in me. See, Job would have had to have been Jesus to be able to really say that. Elihu concludes his dissertation with this And the wisdom that comes out of this young man is amazing. Verse 3, Job 36, verse 3. I will ascribe righteousness to my maker. I will ascribe righteousness to my maker. The open door Job created was because he was righteous for what he did, not because who he knew. I am righteous, you are righteous because of who you know, not because of what you do. And I want you to understand, doing good things is good. Scripture tells us. Being, walking in righteousness, in Christ's righteousness is good because it is the real righteousness. But when we get to the place where because of what we do, we expect of of receiving all that unless God said, you do this, you'll receive back. Scripture does that. That's what faith is. Faith is that. Professing it, believing it, and receiving it. But it's because of God and what he did. The freedom that you will have from the bondages of the enemy is because you walk in Christ's righteousness and recognize everything that you accomplish in life is because of him and his righteousness. Job's whole discourse was, I did this and this, and I haven't done this. Mature believers fall into this. And then we hear things like, I don't know why this happened to that person. They are so good. Well, what does the Bible say about goodness? There's only one good, and that's Christ. When we get saved, we know our righteousness comes from God because we were not righteous. We were sinners, and we get saved. And that's awesome because we believe that. But 10 or 20 years later, there's a tendency of deception to come in. I'm a leader in the church, and I feel like we are righteous because of what we do. And I've watched that through the years of wonderful people who fall who are sifted like wheat because they believe now in only themselves. And they don't keep to the beginning stage of our salvation that is because of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are not righteous, again, because of what we do. We are righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God alone. 
when you begin to believe and trust in your own righteousness, that becomes pride. Job basically was saying, compare me to anybody and you will see I'm righteous or better. Because he's trying to figure out what in the world's going on in my life. His, quote, friends are telling him, curse God and die. He's doing it. No. Job opened it up because of pride in his own righteousness. Compare me with anybody and you know that I serve God and I'm innocent. The only problem with that is God showed up and said, okay, Job, you want to compare yourself? How about you compare yourself to me? Job 38, verse 1 and 2. You've read this before. Let's read it. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Paraphrase. I'm going to say this now. Just hear my heart. I'm, I'm trying to just really bring us to the reality of the day. God says, What idiot is talking right now? Verse 3, now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it. To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? Verse 12. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Verse 22, have you entered the treasury of snow or have you seen the treasury of hail? Here's a good one, verse 24. By what way is light diffused or the east wind scattered over the earth? Verse 34, can you lift up your voice to the clouds that an abundance of water may cover you? Can you tell it when, when to rain? And God says, basically, I can. Verse 35. Can you send out lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are? Or does lightning come to your throne and ask where to strike? What the Hebrew saying? Job 39, verse 26. Does the hawk fly by your wisdom and spread its wings towards the south? Does the eagle mount up at your command and make its nest on high? He, he ends with Job 40, verse 8. Would you, listen very closely, would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? <laughs> How many of you would have repented after all that? Well, Job did. Again, I've seen a lot of mature believers trust in their own righteousness. Please hear me. Don't get too quiet on me here, but hear me. I believe in living righteously, but living righteously doesn't make us righteous. Only the blood of Jesus makes us righteous righteous. Amen? So when you're going through great joy, when you're going through promotion, when you're going through trials, when you're going through hard times, it is God's strength and God's righteousness that will see you through. And it is those things that will bring you back into freedom and you can dispel the influence of of the demonic realm in your life. I want to pause there and say this. Pride is trusting your own strength and pride is trusting your own righteousness. And then number three, pride is trusting in your own wisdom. Bottom line I can figure this one out. I can't tell you how many times I fell on my face and told the Lord, God, I think I know what to do, 
but I ain't moving until I know what you know what to do. I'm not doing it. I'm not moving until I know what you're saying to me. I'm not making a decision. I'm not taking the church anywhere that you're asking me to take unless I really know what you're saying. I go to the Lord. I get counsel. I I pray. I pray in tongues. I say in the word of God. I fast. I do all these things. I'm not running around like Job. I do all these things. That's why I have this great vast wisdom. No, I'm saying I'm doing everything that I can humanly and spiritually and emotionally to know God's will and his wisdom, to know his knowledge. And when you know his knowledge, he can give you the wisdom how to apply that knowledge. 1 Kings 22, you can read it later, but it's a story that we, we recognize. I wanted to use stories that a lot of people teach on, but I'm giving you a different picture of this. Pride is trusting in your own wisdom. Ahab is the king of Israel, and Ahab is the king that married Jezebel. Now, Jezebel had 850 prophets, but they lost their lives, the prophets, to Elijah at Mount Carmel. Ahab had 400 prophets on his payroll. Both of them had these prophets that wouldn't tell them no. That's unwise. To have people who give you counsel that never tell you no. Ahab asked Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, to come visit him. And Jehoshaphat was a good king. Ahab was a bad king or a wicked king. Now Ahab says, let's go attack the king of Syria and get back the city, Ramoth Gilead, that should be ours. Jehoshaphat says, well, let's ask the prophet. So So Ahab calls his 400 prophets and they say, yes, Go and amen, because they can't say no. God will be with you. Now, we're going to see as you read the story later on, they weren't listening to God. They were on the payroll. They lived a good life. And so they weren't going to get Ahab mad at them. So they just told, yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. All right, now watch this, 1 Kings 22, verse 7 and 8. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still the good king, a prophet of the Lord here, that we may inquire of him? Remember King David? He finally learned. He inquired of God in many instances of military battles, and that's why he was such a great warrior. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But Ahab says, but I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. Let's listen to what the Lord has to say to us. But Ahab, Ahab had put the prophet in prison because he was tired of him telling him God's will. Verse 15, then he came to the king and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain? And he answered him, go and prosper for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. So the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? In other words, Ahab figured out this dude isn't telling me what God's saying. Bottom line, the prophet is saying, go, but you're going to die. Verse 17, here's the truth now. Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd." And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. 
See, he was just messing with them. It wasn't really messing with them. He was showing them, listen, Ahab, you have been an evil king, and you are not listening to real prophets. You are not accomplishing the things that God wants. You are literally walking in your own wisdom, and because of that, one day you will die. Verse 18, and the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? See, he doesn't like me. I hate this guy. Then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left. On the right hand and on his left. Host of heaven, host of heaven are angels. And sometimes it refers to fallen angels also. So when you read this story, notice standing on the right hand and his left. Jesus said also, when he comes to his kingdom, he will put sheep on the right and goats on the left. Those who are born again on the right, those who are not on the left. Okay, angels on the right, fallen angels on the left. Because of the, uh, the time in 2 Kings 21, verse 6, uh, read that later. Ahab worshipped angels and demons. He was the worst king. What was being brought out was that Ahab literally worshipped these fallen angels. And the demonic influence, he was so influenced from the demonic realm that he would literally be used of, of the enemy, Satan, to destroy Israel. Now remember, Micaiah says, hosts of heaven on both sides. Again, we're talking also about fallen angels. 1 Kings 22, verse 20 says, And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab to go up, that he may fall at Ramoth-Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets. Angels that are not fallen would not do that. Okay? So listen. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail, go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. In other words, demonic spirit to destroy Ahab. Now, there is never a battle between the devil and God. The devil is a created be being. I want you to understand that. There's never a battle. There's no, there's no reasoning or anything that the devil's got, you know, a hand on God. He doesn't. Zero. God is in charge of everything. A lying spirit fell on the prophets and God sent them. So now we're seeing the background of these 400 prophets. Some say a, a true believer cannot be influenced by a demon. I'm telling you, yes, we can. So let me again mess with your theology as I will do a lot in this series. If you're born again, the demon, people say if you're born again, a demon cannot influence you because the devil can't live where the Holy Spirit lives. Well, God is omnipresent. God is in Sheol, God is in heaven, God is omnipresent. It means everywhere. So if God is everywhere, then demons can't exist by what people say. They do exist. They exist, but God is in charge. And a lot of times we are looking for wisdom and we're listening to the wrong voice, the wrong influence. Well, some say I'm talking about the manifested presence of God. We use all these terminologies, which are theological, 
their doctrine, all these different things. But we get to the place, the throne is the manifest presence of God. A demon stood in front of the throne. Demonic influence, fallen angel, demonic influence. Sin opens the door, the sin of pride. Ahab trusted in his own wisdom where he would not listen to the true prophet. And he knew he's a true prophet. And what happens, you will find out, is that when, when you are influenced of the enemy, you hate spiritual things. You don't want to go to church. You don't want to read the Bible. You don't want to do anything because what that does is that brings you to the truth that will transform your wisdom and you'll begin to apply God's wisdom and you will break through and you'll, you'll break free of a bondage that you've been living with for years. God wants you to understand this. But I'm going to say this, and the Holy Spirit's just saying, don't be looking for demons in every closet. Don't get weird on me. I'm not going to get weird on you. I'm teaching you the truth. Ahab, again, trusted in his own wisdom where he wouldn't listen to the prophet. Sometimes people come to see me, and they think they're smarter than me. They may as well be. They think they're smarter than me, and whatever I say, they don't listen to it. Yeah, I know, I know, and I'll quote scripture. Yeah, I know. I've been in church for 30 years. I know that. But this is what I believe the Lord is saying to me. I want to stand up sometimes and say, get behind me, Satan. Not that I'm all knowledge. I, I tell you what, there are times, some of you know, you've come in my office and I said, I don't know. We need to pray together and find out God's plan. See, I'm not all knowledge in that office over there when you come to it. I'm not all wisdom. God is. And what I'm trying to do is bring everybody in counsel. Biblical advice is to bring everybody into the wisdom of God. And when you're walking in the wisdom of God, you're going to break through and break free and be able to, to testify, I am free. Because you trust in the wisdom of the Lord. So open yourself up to godly anointed counsel. And if you don't, you can open yourself up to the enemy. James chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. We're not done yet because I really want to bring us to a, a close here. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Evil is talking to people. People who do not walk in the wisdom of the Lord have zero ability to be corrected. Have you ever known anybody like that? You could tell them, cliff right there, 100 feet down, you will die. No, I won't. Pride opens the door and allows the enemy to come in. Why would God allow this is the question. I want you to bring this because I don't want you to go around and then be confused a little bit. Why would God allow this? It is always for your good. God's desire, he's the Alpha and Omega, is to make sure that there's a transformation in your thinking, that there's a culture shift, that we begin to change our culture. This is what we used to do. But there sometimes what we used to do is not God's wisdom for today. And we need to learn to change the culture, to move into that, to honor and to love and to care and to forgive and to walk in these things and know that it is, it is God and his wisdom that will guide you when you open yourself up to him, not to demonic influence. Let me ask you this. Would a parent discipline their child? Of course they would. You know how that is. You hated that when you were a kid. This is for your own good. Right, Dad, I'm going to hurt. Here's why God does this. Now, this verse needs to be quoted correctly, and mostly people do not uh, quote it correctly. Proverbs 16, 16 18 says, Pride goes before destruction 
and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's not pride goes before a fall. A haughty spirit goes before a fall. There are many times that we, we, we get haughty about things in life and we have a tendency we fall, we, get, we struggle, we get in arguments. All the, but notice pride goes before destruction. When it gets into real pride that it's your wisdom and not God's and you're listening to counsel that is not God's counsel. You're not listening to the word of God. You're not listening to advice that is leading you to the word, all that. It leads to destruction. I have seen it through the years where people, I've given them scripture, I've given them word, I've given them biblical advice. We've prayed, we've fasted. I've, I've shown them what I sense the Lord saying that was inequality and equal with the word of God and they wouldn't listen to it. They went the opposite way. And I've seen lives and marriages and families, businesses get destroyed. That's not God's plan. But it's because of the pride of this is the way I've always done it and no one's going to tell me any different and I'm going to do it this way. I'm going and they won't be corrected. And that turns into pride and it turns into destruction. As Jesus forewarns many times to the disciples and the people, and so you see that in the apostles and the writings in the New Testament, and you see it in the prophets of the Old Testament, as your pastor, I'm saying to you, God is doing something new. This is a season of breakthrough. And we need to understand that if we allow pride to come in and we allow our lives to be led astray, yes, demonically influenced, even if we're mature in the Word of God, it will lead to destruction. God sends an enemy so you can go into bondage. And then we cry out, and God sets you free. It's happened from the beginning. So what we need to do, we need to discontinue pride. Peter rep repented. He became a great apostle. Job repented. Everything returned, double portion. Ahab did not. Ahab was destroyed. Micaiah said the prophets are lying, but Ahab stayed in pride and he was arrogant about because he was king and his wisdom. So Ahab puts his armor, his armor, on Jehoshaphat. Why? Because Ahab's living in fear. Why? Because he's trusting in the demonic influence. And when you're trusting in demonic influence, you walk in fear. So he puts in the battle his armor on Jehoshaphat. So Jehoshaphat would die and not Ahab. Read 1 Kings 22, 34. Now a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of the armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and take me out of the battle for I am wounded. Ahab. Ahab died. By God's grace, God warned him, but pride destroyed him. Pride is the trap, the strong, the righteous, and the wise can fall into destruction. We are watching our world open doors to demonic bondage and influence in many areas of our world and our nation. Church family, what we must understand is God is warning us as a church. I am prophetically speaking to you right now. God is warning us to align ourselves 
and rebuke pride. If you want to be free from these things, then stop believing that it's in your own strength. Stop believing that it's your own righteousness. And stop believing in your own wisdom. Because if you do, you will fall in destruction. We have raised our hands that many of us are experiencing attacks of the enemy, trying to bring deception in your life. I am going to, as best as I can, listen to great counsel. Last night I received great counsel. And I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to take this church on a journey We're going to see miraculous breakthrough. We're going to see breakthrough at the end of this year, but we're going to really see greater breakthrough next year. We're going to have actual, not a program, God forbid, another program, but we're going to have breakthrough Sundays. And we're going to see our children, our children's children, we're going to see our families we're going to see our, our co-workers come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because we have broken through and we are now free of pride. And when we go, these people are going to see us, they're going to feel us, they're going to hear us, and they're going to know there's something different about us. We're going to walk in a new anointing because God has called us to walk in this. Greater anointing is taking place because we're in the beginning, as I've been saying last couple years, of latter days where the Spirit of God is going to pour out. And the vision and the direction that you've had regarding your businesses, your jobs, your homes, your marriages, if you're single, getting married, whatever it may be, your, your home, your children, children's children, the vision, the dreams that you've had are going to begin to manifest. Why? Because Valley Community Church are mature believers that have broken pride, and we're going to walk in, in uh, humbleness to the Lord. We're going we're gonna to bow before our God. We're going we're gonna to minister the, the, the body of Christ, and we're going to minister to the world. God so loved the world. We're going to go out, and we're going to win souls for Jesus Christ. We're going to invite people to these things. We're going to do this every single cotton picking Sunday. And we're going to see the power of God move. And I want to tell you, as long as I have breath, I'm going to proclaim this vision that God has given me and is being expanded by the counsel of the wise men and women in our church. And we're going to walk in a power of God. We're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Your home's going to be blessed. And it's going to pour out all over everything that you touch. Why? Because we've broken. We've broken through. Amen? Can you stand with me? Again, pride is the trap of the strong, the righteous, and the wise in their own way. You must trust in the Lord's strength. You must trust in the Lord's righteousness. And you must trust in the Lord's wisdom. Here it is, to fulfill your destiny. Let's start today, something new. I am a shepherd, but I'm a shepherd elder. And I'm going to pray for you in a moment. And I'm going to just rebuke the influence of the enemy. There's going to be such wisdom of God strength of God. There's going to be such dominance of God's authority in your life after this. But what you must do is you must call for the elder of the church to pray for you. So what I'm going to ask you to do is in a very simple way, because why? Because I'm simple. I'm going to ask you with your voice, loud voice, say, pastor, will you pray for me? Go ahead and say that. Okay, say this now. I call my shepherd elder to pray for me right now. Let's say it again. I call for the shepherd elder to pray for me. Last thing. 
I agree in the word of God. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you that says that says that Jesus Christ is our Lord. We literally submit ourselves to the work of the cross. We submit ourselves that by Jesus' stripes, we are healed, not only physically, but emotionally. We are healed. Father, we are born again. We are going to heaven, but we have at times been influenced and even in pride in our life. And right now, Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Demonic influence, you have no hold on the body of Christ here at Valley Community Church. And I release now all that junk, all that worry, all that fear, all that stuff that has come on, unknowingly why we have that in Jesus' name. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And now those that hear the sound of my voice, those online, you are free. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, some of you are looking like, whoa, what's going on with Pastor? There's a lot going on with Pastor. I'm excited, and I can't wait till we gather together tonight at 6 o'clock. Come to Bible study. Young people, come next door. It's a powerful time. Invite your friends. Invite your family, because God is doing something amazing watch this. It's not a program. It's real. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.